So the question you want to ask me about craft beer? <laughs> That's That's the start of the podcast the right there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to Operation Brewery, episode number four. This week we're talking about the sort of beer we're going to brew for Black Ops when we launch and we hit the streets, talk to a couple of bars and have a chat amongst ourselves about what we're going to focus on after we launch. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Ah yes, thank you for joining us this week. A couple of things this week, I've got a little update at the start about what's happening with Black Ops and then we get into the beer we're going to brew, and we hit the streets and chat to a couple of bar owners about that. So let's get stuck in. So by way of a little update, first of all, we've been brewing beer at Bacchus and getting our beer out into the bars. That's going really well, so we'll spend a little bit of time in the episode today talking about that. Govs and Eddie have been hitting the bars and getting some feedback on the product and trying to work out what sort of beers to brew, and that's all going really well. We've got a lot of beer around on the Gold Coast at the moment in Brisbane, and so far it's been really well received. We're still talking to the council about the location that we've put an application in for. Um, it's it's be- becoming a little bit of a longer process than we hoped for, but you know, whoever dealt with the council and found it to be a smooth and enjoyable experience, I don't know. So that, I think, is still going quite well. We're going to have a pretty mammoth episode on the, the location when that all gets finalised, so stay tuned for that. The equipment builds on schedule Eddie Govs and I are heading over to China at the end of October to have a look at the equipment to make sure it's all good before they send it over. So that's going to be a fun trip. It's going to be super quick, but we'll put an episode out on that just because that's going to be fun to be in China and recording podcast episodes. The content on the site's going well. The podcast is going really well. We've been featured in the new and noteworthy section on iTunes, and we've put a couple of blog posts out as well. We just did one on how to build a jockey box for under $1,000, so a nice little portable bar set up that we've built and we tested out at a mate's wedding on the weekend. So if you head over to blackhops.com.au forward slash blog, you can check that one out. That stuff's going really well for us. We've also got a little covert operation we're working on that we haven't said anything about on the podcast and we really can't say too much about at the moment, but uh, it's something we're quite excited about. And if all of this happens the way we think it's going to happen, we're going to have an episode dedicated to that coming up. So stay tuned for that one. And finally, some very cool news. Eddie and Govs are both officially unemployed. They've come to the end of their jobs and they're focusing now full-time on Black Ops, which so far has meant you know, a lot of real, real dedication, some solid hard work, and um, we've managed to record some of that. So let, let's get into today's episode, talking about what the guys have been up to and what kind of beer we're going to brew. Beer at Bergster sounds good, though. I still haven't been there. I'm sick of watching you drink our fucking beer everywhere. <laughs> oh, they were frothing. Yeah. yeah, straight up, want another keg. They want the pink mist. They, um, Lester Earl was like, oh, I should have bought two kegs straight away. Can you bring another one this week? Cool. Yeah, you can. It's good. How was last night, Gus? It was unreal. Like, we we obviously had a, got a um, babysitter for the first time ever, so we went out to have – we were just going to go have a drink together. We went to Berkshire, and Berkshire was absolutely packed. Like, we could barely – get a room at the bar to have a beer. Fuck, that's good to have that as your local, eh? Yeah, and I was talking to the, the bartenders and they were like, oh, we, we're fucking loving this beer. And they didn't know who I was. They're like, oh, you like the beach house? It's awesome. Like, <laughs> like recommending it. They've been recommending it to people who, like, don't like beer. Which They've is, got a I think pair with a meal. No shit. Really? It's the only beer on their menu paired with a meal. <laughs> like, they, do, they rotate that, but 
at the moment, it's paired with a meal on the menu. That's awesome. That's you awesome. order this and you get this beer. No brainer. And Rob was loving it. Rob, when I went in to see Rob that afternoon, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I know we chatted to you about getting some Black Ops in here. He's like, Black Ops? I've been looking for your card all day. Like, <laughs> He's like, when can you get me a keg? I'm like, oh, give me 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, quickest close in history. So good. <laughs> Right, so in summary, these arseholes have just been spending the whole time drinking beer, which uh, is awesome for them. And it, as so happens, is pretty good for Black Ops at the moment. We've been building some good relationships with local bars and just getting some feedback on what's selling and what people are liking. Before we get into some of those conversations, when we were thinking about what sort of beers we're going to brew, we thought a good idea would be to hit up the mayor of Gold Coast Craft Beer, our old mate Smokey Peterson, and head up to Corumban and have a few beers and have a chat to him about the sort of beers that he, he wants to see out there. So I want to play a little bit of that conversation we had with Pete. sort of question you want to ask me about craft beer? <laughs> That's the start of the podcast right there. <laughs> this shit's easy. I think we've got enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh. We, how many beers have we brewed so far from the very 15-ish. beginning? 15-ish. 15-ish, I reckon. And Smokey, how many have you had of those? I don't know, five. All right. Five might be fair play, I think. I think we need six at least. So so we're going to talk about like which ones we're going to have all the time or or like which ones we're going to have as ones that we're brewing like, you know, like every year we've got it or like we've actually got it available every time we go to the cellar door. I think we need to get like the ones that we're going to do regularly. So I think we need like five to six regulars and we can do seasonals and we can do special beers on top of that and do seasonals. Yeah. So where do we start with the regular ones? The first beer is Eggnog Stout. Is that a regular? Okay. Yeah, of course it is. It's got to be. You can't go past the fact that that was a cracking beer. Yeah. To be fair, it was well received right around, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it would be silly not to have that in your core range. So would that be like regular at the cellar door or would we, would we be trying to sell that externally as well as like a main thing? I think that's more of a cellar door beer because... It's it's a little bit more special. It's I think we need to focus more on something we we can distribute on a wider range. Something that's more easily received. Yeah. So we need more um like a, a pale ale or or even our beach house would probably be in in the core range. Yeah. And I, I think it's probably going to be the core. In, in, uh, it's going to be the beach house. Not both of them. Well, I don't think we really know which one's going to hit off more. Mm. I'd like to think it's the beach house, but so would I. Me too. But a pale ale, like everyone loves a pale ale, but I think if we go with a pale ale, it's going to be another pale ale. It's sort That's of super right. competitive. So too. You've got that point of difference there by using the the um, uh, French saison yeast. I think it's yeah. Yeah. The Newstead guy was saying the other week that they're like struggling with the pale ale compared to the golden because the pale ale taps are so competitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting golden taps that is makes easier sense. than getting pale taps. Yeah. I think it's. I think that golden ale, pale ale battle is, is is quite even. I think if we come with beach house, you know, we're we're offering something like um, stone and wood. We're you know we're we're creating a style and we're creating a beer that's different to everything else that's on the market, but it's really accessible, really drinkable. Have and you ever thought about like creating a new style? I mean, like in terms of you're talking about things that are already marketed. You've got a parallel where there's heavy competition and then it's just simply changed by name to gold and is it possible to to make something that might um, put you at the forefront of a tap line-up or something? 
I think the beach house is that. I think that's what the beach house is. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I just don't know how it's going to be received. I think we've got to. Well, so far, it's, that's got to be our best it's selling been our beer. Best selling beer. I don't know if that's enough sample size to go on. I think, I think we take a punt and we make <laughs> that half, out. The, half the time. It's been us. I think we put our focus on that because it's something special. It's a little bit different, and um, we like to drink it. We love it. Oh, You've no. had it. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mum loves it. Yeah, so that's cool. So after chatting to Smokey, we wanted to have a chat to some bar owners on the coast. So Ed and Govs did what they do best and they went out to some bars and drunk some beer. I've got a couple of conversations here. One with Nathan from Zapickle, which is the first bar that took our beer on the Gold Coast and is is in many ways our local. And they chatted to him about the sort of beer that's going well at their bar. First question is, what styles of beer sell well here and why do you think that is? Oh, look, I'm, I find I'm the Goldie. Um, you know, people, the craft thing's definitely getting bigger and better, but people are still a little unsure of, like, you know, the, the, the seasonal beers. So for us, I'd definitely have to say anything that says pale ale on it, you know, yep. you flog through. Yep. Same with a lager, a pilsner, uh, you know, yep. your, your typical sort of, you know, beers that people are familiar with. But, um, yeah, so people de- definitely lend themselves to, to go to those first. Um, we rely on our staff heavily to kind of push other things and sort of get them into yep. trying different beers. Um, yeah, definitely. I think the pale ale or, you know, or a colch, like, yeah. people just, it's like a go-to thing now yeah, where people are unsure and they don't, unfortunately, they also don't want to look silly when they don't know what something is, so they tend to just yeah. go something to that know. beer That's because great. they know what it is. Um, but we're trying to change that slowly but surely, like at our place. Yeah, so you, you guys have sort of got some taps that seem to be always yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you make that decision? Um, no, I'm good, thanks. How, how do you make that decision to, to have some more stable taps and the ones you rotate around those stable taps? Uh, how do we... Uh, what influence that decision? Well, um, to be honest, it was, um, you know, sometimes the brewers have come to us. Yeah. Um, for, with, I, I can only speak for the ones we have. Um, the Mornington guys, when we yep. very first opened, we didn't have any taps. Yep. And um, Mornington, the owner was in here drinking one night. Because he's got a house up there, doesn't he? Supposedly, yeah. And um, anyway, I, I was not aware of Mornington Peninsula Brewery. This over three years ago now. And um, I he came in and dumped some beers on the on the bar in bottles. You know, I think it was pale, there was a colch, there was a something or other, an IPA. Yeah. And I cracked the IPA open and I sipped it and it was pretty bloody good. Yeah. And I, I rang Guy from the local because he's a really good mate of mine. I said, do you know much about... You know, Mornington said, oh man, you know, Andrew Gabb, one of the best brewers, you know, blah, blah, and he spoke really highly of them. So then I just went straight outside and, you know, struck up a chat and, yep. yeah, we started stocking their beer in the bottles and then um, when it came to putting in the taps, um, they caught wind and we just started talking. They said, man, we'd love a permanent, you know, something up there and we just sort of worked it out with them. So, yeah, obviously it was the, the first thing again, it came down to like the actual beer being really good and then striking up the road yeah and then those guys are really easy to deal with and they seem to look after us too yeah and, the, and pretty much same with four ponds you know obviously um uh, they're pretty well known um brewer around you know mm. um been around for some time but it, I, I find them pretty um especially their keller door stuff they're bringing out it's always awesome yeah um they seem pretty onto it they've, they've had us down at the brewery um in sydney and shown us around they're just great guys and yeah yeah fun to deal with you know yeah so uh, 
probably the last question is then around special releases and, and one-offs and seasons and that sort of thing. You find they sell pretty well here? Yeah. As opposed to the core range stuff that people are... Definitely. I mean, I find um, still here, you know, this year we saw a big increase in like the darker beers moving along. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because people are getting a bit more familiarised with the whole craft beer thing, but, you know, last year I saw them sit there for, you know, a little bit yeah. and um, obviously we've got um, the you know, bigger tap range now, so um, it's often easier to sell, but um, yeah, I found this year a lot of those darker beers were moving a lot more, which was good to see. Yeah. Um, but then I find it as well, like in the more summer seasonal ones, seem to move faster than, um, you know, the winter style yeah, sure. of stouts and, and whatnot, so uh, yeah. So what are you thinking of doing for your core? Have you got any ideas? Or you... Well, we've got... We've got six beers that we've sort of been cycling through. Um, black IPA, red IPA, stout. Then we've got this sort of bigger, challenging beers, I guess. Then we've got the Saison, Pale Ale, and the Midstrength yep. Lager. And on that topic, the mid-strengths go really well for us, because yep. especially in our big glasses, you know, um, mm. yeah, I, I find you put them on and they go. Yeah. And I was not sure, but then there's some amazing, like, some fortitude um, mid, you know, it's fantastic. There's so many good mid-strength tap beers available now. Mm. They're only, like, three-odd percent, and yep. they're ballsy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, they got, got um, oh, so there's one I tried recently, but I'm um, a pirate life. Oh, session IPA. Session IPA. Yeah, that's great. Like, that's crazy. Shit, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was. I was really impressed. That was pretty, um, pretty good beer for a yeah. good strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that'd be a good idea. Mm. Somewhere, especially up here where people like to pound them. Next up on the list was Leicester and Earl in Palm Beach, where our, be- our beers have been selling pretty well, and we've built a good relationship with the owners there. So I've got John here from Leicester and Earl. He's the owner here. He's been up and running at um, Palm Beach for what? Two months? Three months? Five months. Five, wow, five months. Five months. He's an absolute legend, so we're going to talk to him about what beers sell well at his bar. He's got 12 rotating taps. Okay. All right, so what, what styles of beers sell well and why do you think that is at your uh, bar? The, the best sales are obviously Pacific Ale, uh, Big Heads, your beers, and... Uh, it is the lighter style, the more drinkable, more sessionable style than that. Yeah, so there's a lot of interest in um, high alcohol and the darks and the IPAs, but the, the higher sales are still the, um, even to the lower alcohol end, more, more sessionable for that. Yeah. Yep, cool. Um, how do you like to be approached for ordering, and how often do you order? Uh, we order willy nilly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, I like to be approached very, uh, consistently because there's so much product out there and it, it's often those who, um, I guess, get in your face and remind you first what, what's out there consistently and what's new yep. that we, we tend to jump to the top of the heap. Um, so you know, visits as opposed to emails and, and calls? Yeah. Email backup that, hey, this this is coming out, but visits visits gold. Uh, we tend to try and do it two or three weeks out and get in cycle with everyone else, but... For the 12 taps, so far, me and you, it hasn't totally worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, in a, in a world of rotating taps, what influences your decision to reorder with breweries from their core range? Oh, turnover, of course. We always got to have some of those that are popular, but we don't try and hang on to only those types. We like to keep the breweries that are popular and, and, and get 
so that their customers get to try the whole range. Um, what else? Yeah. If it was just turnover, then I would guess I'd be like the surf club, and we, yep. we would have generic beers. Yeah. We want to keep it interesting still. We want to have some that we know are approachable, but others that are still interesting and even challenging sometimes. Yep. I think that kind of answers my next one. Um, about how do you decide on on John, what on what what sort of remains pretty stable at the bar as opposed to what rotates around those ones? Yeah, it is you, pretty. You can't answer that, thing. I think. Uh, you've seen what we got and and the styles that are there. Seasonal, of course. We've just come out of winter and we've still got some darks left. I think habits will change uh, over the year too. There'll be certain patches where people will be after darks and heavy beers and IPAs. And then lots of times they just want to have sessionable product. Yep. So it's clear from these conversations that the attitude to craft beer on the Gold Coast is is really starting to change. The usual suspect, you know, the pails and um, probably our beach house beers like that, we expected to go well and our, our more creative ones we weren't quite sure on, but it looks like there's an appetite for that kind of stuff. Um, but in terms of a core range, I think we're probably going to sell more of beers like the Beach House and the Gold Coast Pale Ale. The, the other consideration is how much we can actually make with our system and how we're going to actually schedule all this beer in. So we had a chat to Govs about how that plays a part in the choice of beers that we brew. All right. So one thing I think we need to consider is our production capacity when uh, coming up with these core range beers. So we have five fermenters of varying sizes and that's really going to limit to how many different beers we can offer and how many kegs of each beer say each week i think our best option is to go three beers uh our beach house gold coast pale ale and 30 cal and they'll tee up tee up three of those tanks we've got one beer alternating in our 40 heck and the two other beers in 20 heck and then we can have uh, another fermenter set up for our red and our black and the the last fermenter for uh, contract brewing or specialty beers or festival beers or anything like that. So this is something we talk about over and over again and I think we probably haven't necessarily arrived at an exact decision about all of the different beers we're going to brew but we've arrived at six beers which we think are going to fit somehow into the core range. So the three guys mentioned, the Gold Coast Pale Ale, Beach House, which is an Aussie version of a Saison, um, 30 cal mid-strength, they're probably going to be our three main beers. And so far when we've tested those with pubs, they've all gone pretty well. And then there's a couple of beers that we, that we want to brew, but maybe they won't be available all the time. And, and they're the, the Eggnog Stout, the Code Red, Red IPA, and the ABC Bomb Black IPA. Um, and then outside of that, there's going to be capacity there for doing collabs with other brewers. And there's a whole bunch of other beers we've done, like the Pink Mist, Raspberry Saison, and we've done an Imperial Eggnog Stout, and a bunch of other ones we've done that maybe we'll bring out occasionally just to have at the cellar door if we've got a little bit extra capacity. But that's sort of where we're sitting with it at the moment. I think it's going to change a lot as we get more beer out there and get some feedback on people on what's going well. But for now, it seems to be the Pale Ale and the Beach House and the 30 Cal are going to be the main ones we focus on. So I hope this episode's been useful. Check out blackops.com.au forward slash our hyphen beer, which talks about the different six beers that we mentioned. And if you go to blackups.com.au forward slash blog, you can get all the info from the blog. If you found this podcast useful, please leave us a review on iTunes. And we